All right, B, so I got the, um, the metrics in front of me right now of our, our show. This is episode 45. Other than the United States, Germany, number two, Donkey. Brazil, who do we know in Brazil? Shout out Brazil. They're number three, Obrigado. <laughs> and Canada. Bro, we took this shit worldwide, man. Oh, global, UAE global, is number five, too. So, yeah, bro, we, we, we international with it. We, like I said, Donkey to the people in Germany. Obrigado to our fans in Brazil. Canada, shout out to six. UAE, I'm coming for you, Dubai. And we coming for episode number 45. What up, what up, what up? Jason Spells, New York City. Brandon Edler in Los Angeles. You all are listening to what you heard. AB, you've you seen the rundown. We got a lot to talk about this week. And we're going to start with the greatest weekend in the National Football League history. Yeah, dude. We got blessed with probably, what, four of the best NFL games we've seen in the last five years. Like, I know that sounds really hyperbolic, but every No, game, not at all. I mean, that is facts. Straight up facts. It really was, man. I mean, every game, what, the first three games, I think, were all walk-off field goals if I'm not mistaken and then obviously we got the Bills Chiefs which was just one of the more insane last five minutes of any game I've seen it honestly it kind of reminded me of it wasn't as much of a comeback but I think back to that Buccaneers and Colts Monday night football game in like 2005 or something like that when Peyton was down three scores in the last four minutes and came back and it was just this constant like every play was either a touchdown or something significant it it Amazing football, especially for the, you know, the divisional rounds that we had that was pretty poor. This was this was a good uh, makeup for it. You know, we, we talk about the athletic feats of these guys and that, yes, Tom Brady, seven Super Bowls, the GOAT and Rogers, potentially another MVP. Those are the things we talk about throughout the season. Um, but those are the easy storylines. You get to the human interest piece of the playoffs and it's like Joe Burrow and the Bengals, right? Like that has been a trash organization for the majority of my lifetime. And now they're in the AFC Championship game. Matt Stafford, whom I will give you credit. I will give you credit. You was on his job to start the season. You were saying Matt Stafford was going to make moves out in L.A. And I was playing him. Matt Stafford, rewriting the narrative about him, what we saw in Detroit versus what we're seeing in L.A. Jimmy G, my God, they've been trying to fire Jimmy G at every job this boy had. And then you got Patrick Mahomes, who is Mm -hmm. arguably the face of the NFL now so like you have those four quarterback storylines then you have Jamar Chase rookie of the year you have OBJ more on him and how he fumbled the bag but OBJ getting out of Cleveland what he's created um Debo Samuel right like a is a Debo you gotta love it and then B <laughs> give me any damn position you got on the field I got Debo could probably go out there as a cover cover corner honestly and shut somebody down so, so that's, that's just why it was a great weekend. And I yeah. wore out my damn carpet in my house. I didn't leave my house for two days. I sat down here on the couch. You've been to the crib. I've been downstairs mm-hmm. on the couch. And I wore out the carpet yelling at my TV. It was amazing. Hey, dude. I mean, just the way so many of those games broke down, just kind of processing everything you said, it's like with the Niners game, like Jimmy G – Again, I don't really understand why everybody's so low on him. I mean, his record speaks for itself. Obviously, he's had some big injury issues that have kept him from being there the majority of the time. You know, 
that's obviously something that general manager front office is going to be cognizant of you you know quarterback needs to be there week in week out that's probably one of the most important parts you know what do they always say during training camp the best player is an available player or something like that like best literally just being is available yeah exactly over the so, course of his but, career he's um what played in 63 games 33 14 and 0 33 14 and 0 it's a pretty solid record. This is what going to be their, you know, if they win this coming up weekend, this will be their second Super Bowl in four seasons. I mean, and I get it. The defense is kind of the, you know, the breadwinner of the team. They're the ones that really make things happen. But Jimmy G does a good job. You know, he you know, showed it in the Super Bowl in 2018. The special yeah. teams made it happen in, in Green That's Bay. very true, too. <laughs> I mean, look, yeah, I, we could – that could be that whole conversation for that game. I mean, Green Bay probably deserved to win that game, but – that's how it goes. Well, and it's interesting to bring up Green Bay because, yeah. like, Aaron Rodgers, we called him the Taylor Swift of the National Football League because at every point he is the victim. It was so interesting after the loss. And, you know, by all intents and purposes, like, Aaron Rodgers is someone people typically cheer for. Mm-hmm. But after that, I saw, obviously, his comments about COVID. I'm vaccinated when he wasn't. Um, and then subsequently, the comments that came out the day before when he's critical of the president of the United States. You realize people don't like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he's uh, he's hurt his reputation a lot this past season. It's just, you know, we talk about Kyrie. We've obviously talked about Aaron. And you've been talking to we're blue in the face. It's just like, it's just so unfortunate that like everything's so politicized. And then when somebody makes one comment or one action, you automatically assume that, you know, this person A through Z and that's just how they move. And I don't know, I'm a little worn out from all these conversations about players, personalities and their, their choices and their life and stuff like that. Yeah. I kind of miss like the pre-social media era where we could just like somebody for, you know, being an athlete and that's all it really was, or maybe a dope sneaker commercial. We're at the point now where we know too much about our celebrities. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for those of us, and once again, looking at the metrics, most of y'all listening is the same damn age we are. You learned about your sports celebrity on the Sunday conversation on ESPN or the Sports Illustrated article. Maybe the local paper or local TV or local um, news station. That was it. You didn't have them talking all the time. So we're Mm -hmm. at peak um peak availability peak transparent transparency is not a bad word or excuse me not a good word i'm looking for but um peak availability i know what someone is thinking all times of day because they talk so damn much whether it is on a pat mcafee show or an espn article or just on their regular social media um and with kyrie going live yeah but not only that though we also have an element of you know, so many quote unquote citizens, quote unquote average, you know, Americans or human beings in general who think that their opinion is just as important as the president's or as Aaron Rodgers. And that's not to say like your opinion on COVID isn't less important than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he hasn't done anything in his life to really warrant that his opinion should matter more. But the problem is not only do we have that 24-7 broadcasting of their feelings and their stance on things, but we have so many people who feel like their own opinion is valid beyond belief. And it just turns into this constant who's smarter than who, who's an idiot, who's wrong, who's like, 
you know, it's just exhausting. It's no wonder people have so many mental health issues. Like everything is so competitive this day, these days. Everybody is kind of put in a position to where they need to be the subject matter expert about everything that's topical in the news. And if you're not, you know, either you're not very intelligent or you don't care, you know, whatever, whatever. It, it's just draining, man. It's draining. That's why you appreciate certain athletes who don't say a damn thing. Shout out James Harden. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> unless it's a strip club, James Harden ain't saying a damn thing. Uh, so back to quarterbacks, when, when Joe Burrow, right? Like he's going to be praised all week long. But I, I've been, I, I was doing my own research since we were talking about Aaron Rodgers. Um, last number one overall pick who lived up to the hype this young in their career. And I mean, you look at quarterbacks, typically they go number one. You got Andrew Luck, 2012. He led the Colts deep into the playoffs, um, but never obviously to a Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, like, I think you got to go back to Eli Manning, really, 2004. Matt Stafford, 2009. I mean, like, no, no, no like, come on now, bro. Come on now, dog. Come on, man. All I'm going to say is the reason I was so high on Matt Stafford this year is he was a really good quarterback for the Lions. He was always above average. And I get they never really won anything. It's not like he was put in a big position to succeed. It's not like he had a lot of weapons around him. Even when he had Megatron, they had no defense or maybe one or two players that could actually play. Reason Rams are having success is because he has that number one quality to him. And because they did a good job of putting some good weapons around him. Like, you know, we had the discussion week five, six, whatever, about OBJ. Is he still number one receiver? And without one on the internet, I still don't think he's a number one receiver, but he's Cooper looking Cup a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Cooper Cup's undeniably the best receiver in the league. It's hard to be number one over that, but he looks good. Him and Stafford have good rapport. Clearly him and Baker were the issue. So to like just overlook Stafford, like I get he doesn't have, the same resume as the Eli Manning who has two Super Bowl titles beating the Patriots both times. Matt Stafford is just as good of a quarterback as Eli Manning. So once again, this is where listening is fundamental, Brandon. I said, who had success this young in their NFL career? Now I get that, but I kind of, there's not enough people to really go off of. Cause I mean, if you just look at how many number one overall quarterbacks we've had in the past 40 years, there's like 10 and you know, only one or two have had really good success. And that's, you know, Peyton, Andrew, those are kind of the two of the past 20 years. There's not too much to talk beyond that. So that's why I kind of jumped over from there. I'm but. saying within two years, Joe Burrow went from Heisman Trophy win LSU champion to the AFC Championship game. That's a big part of it, too, is his maturity. I mean, he's 25 years old. He's not 21. He's not 22. He wasn't a red shirt and in the NFL. It sounds like you hate no Joe years. Burrow. I'm, I'm not dead here. I, Joe, Joe You disrespected Burrow. Joe Burrow? You disrespected oh Joe Oh, my Burrow. God. It's funny how you get disrespect out certain things. That they, Joe Burrow's a great quarterback. All I'm saying is he had the fortunate path where he was able to mature before he came in this situation. I think if you throw Joe Burrow in the Bengals at 22, it's not the same outcome. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's not his fault. He's blessed. I mean, to if have he would have thrown him on the Bengals at 22, he would have played for Marvin Lewis too. So, like, let's also keep coaching. Yeah. Into the same perspective. Uh, since you want to, since you want to praise the Rams so much. I'm going to let you right here defend your boy, Odell Beckham Jr. So Odell, we know he forced his way out of Cleveland. And he took a minimum deal to go play for said Los Angeles Rams, Brandon's new bandwagon favorite team. And he said, I'm going to take my $750,000 deal in all Bitcoin, which sounded great because everyone's all about cryptocurrency, right? Like that's the future. 
Well, in the last, uh, what, two weeks, Bitcoin has gone to a low of 35000 When he signed it, one Bitcoin was $64,000. So that seven fifty has been cut in half. And then you couple that with he will still be taxed. This is according to Darren Revelle. Uh, he will still be taxed. His income is taxed at the $750,000 rate, uh, which is roughly 50% when you factor in federal and California taxes. That means after tax, since he wanted to be so avant-garde, he's playing this entire season with the Rams for 35K. Defend your boy. How did he become my boy? We need like a timeline of who's become my boy and how they become my boy because I don't always know how this works, but yeah, I had a conversation with somebody about this this week and they like really tried to argue that it was the smart deal. And their whole thing is, well, crypto will be worth more money down the road. It doesn't, okay, then take the money up front and then invest in crypto later when it's worth more. Like, look, I'm not against people doing this. Like if, if that's how you want to handle your money and, you know, a lot of people who are like all about NFTs, EFTs, all about crypto and everything. I'm not trying to shame anybody. There's, you know, I know some people that are making some really good money off that and there's no joke behind it. But the reason I wouldn't want a contract like that is just the volatility of it. You don't know what's going to happen in three months. Like this season was basically a wash for Odell money-wise anyways. Like he got paid by Cleveland in the buyout. This was just kind of additional money for him kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, you got to look at this as a case study and be like, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The benefit doesn't outweigh the risk. And I don't know why more players want to do this. It's cute and everything. It's, it's fun to be pioneers in certain ways. But when it comes to your money, get, get what you know is going to be there. And that's that $750,000. You know that seven fifty, even with inflation, even with change of values of currency, still going to be worth pretty damn close to $750,000. A, cash is always king. Take the cash. B, mm-hmm. reading from Coindesk.com, an article they posted last month. The U.S. Internal Revenue Service allows investors to claim deductions on cryptocurrency losses that can lessen tax liabilities or even result in a tax fund. So maybe Odell Beckham is a genius because now he's going to take roughly a $400,000 loss and apply that in his taxes with the money he got from Cleveland. Lessen his tax burden. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? Odell's not my boy. He's no longer your boy. Brilliant decision, Odell Beckham. The less you can pay in taxes, the better off you'll be. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, I just, I don't know how I feel about this next topic. It involves Sean Payton. And you know my hatred of the New Orleans Saints as a Panthers fan. I do. I despise the Saints to my core. Uh, he retired today. Just announced earlier this afternoon, we're taping this at 4.30 East, 1.30 West on January 25th. And, you know, he, he did preside over a Super Bowl champion in 2009 with the Saints. He had one of the most dynamic offenses in the NFL history, but he was also a head coach during Bounty Gate. And I felt like as a head coach, every time something bad went against the Saints in the playoffs, he was first to place the blame somewhere else. So as a Panthers fan, I'm Deep down, like, yeah, okay, you know, one less talented coach in the division to go against. But Mm -hmm. as a football fan, I do have to put some respect on what he was able to do over his career in New Orleans, including helping the city rebuild and the community come together after Hurricane Katrina. Right. He, um, I love him as a coach. I mean, I just, to your point, like, he's always had such a good offensive mind. They were always a competitive team. Saints had so many reasons to give up you know, throughout his tenure there and seemed to always kind of like lift people up. 
Bounty Gate, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever researched enough to see how much of his, his involvement was there. Obviously, he had to have known. Obviously, Greg Williams is in, you know, having conversations with him. He had to have been privy to some of it. So it's unfortunate stuff like that will hang over him. But he always, you know, like Drew Brees always seemed to be very happy with him. Don't see too many instances where players call him out for X, Y, and Z. And I don't really acknowledge the 09 Super Bowl because of Hank Basket. That's a whole nother story. But, you know, good for him. I honestly was hoping he would stick around. I was really high on, I wanted to see Aaron Rodgers go down to New Orleans and try and pull a Tom Brady where he'd play in at least 45 and have the benefit of a dome for half the year versus Lambeau Field. Feels like that one's probably out the window. Be really interesting to see what happens there. What do you think, uh, where do you think Aaron Rodgers goes? A lot of talk about that's going on right now. Honestly, I really thought he was going to be a saint. Um, I think now that that's probably off the table, I still feel like Denver is is something that he would have to consider. They could clearly use him. I get that they're not Tampa Bay in terms of being stacked with weapons or anything like that, but, I mean, their receiving core is pretty solid. They're, they're a lot better than people give them credit for. I don't really know a whole lot about the defense, especially after they got rid of Vaughn, but I know they had – Chubbs for a minute. Um, I'm trying to think of the cornerback they drafted last year. He's the son of Sertain, maybe, I think was his last name. I mean, it seems like they're kind of getting there. So I could see Aaron Rodgers, you know, coming in and having a pretty decent impact. That's obviously a tough division. Oakland Raiders was another one that I could definitely see him going to. But again, they still have some question marks in a few places. I don't think he has a situation the way Tom Brady did. I know everybody says San Francisco. Agree. Him going to San Francisco would be a beautiful thing, but I can't see the Niners you know, moving on from Garoppolo and, you know, Lance to make they, room for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it just they feels would like if they could get Aaron Rodgers. But, like, so here's my here's my rebuttal to Denver. Look at the division they play in. You show up, right? Like, so Tom Brady going to Tampa, well, Drew Brees was coming towards the end. We all saw his skills diminishing, and it was still the rest of the NFC South, right? So, like, you're watching Tom Brady go to Tampa, and, like, he knows he's going to get six wins a year. He knows that at, at the bare minimum, like they might lose one or two other ones to a division round, but for the most part, they will beat their divisional opponents. Denver, you got to go play Justin Herbert and what they're doing. You got to go play Patrick Mahomes and what they're doing. You got Oakland, right? It's just a tough division. I think if, if he were going to go anywhere, I say AFC East or AFC North. Yeah. But what team? I just don't see a team that really works for Cleveland. I guess if Cleveland moves off of Baker and they can figure out how to get air, I just like who even has that kind of cap room to make something like that happen? And like, I, dude, I don't. You really think San Francisco? You know, after did they not just trade up to get to get Trey last year? You think? Yeah, they, they did, but they can and, also get draft picks for trading him, right? Like they could trade him to I don't know the Carolina Panthers, who clearly need a quarterback. Yeah, and, but they're not giving up a top five, a top ten pick for that for an unproven guy like who was a number two option behind another guy that was very successful. I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't. If the Niners can make that happen, good for them. That's probably wow. the finesse of the offseason. I just don't see how they can make it with with the quarterback situation they have now. That'd be interesting, right? Um, but that being said, Jimmy G still got some. Uh, you know, Jimmy G got something to say about that. Jimmy G still got this week, and honestly, I think the 49ers – We'll defeat the Rams because I have no respect at all for Matt Stafford. I'm being straight up. Mm-hmm. I'll put it out there. Y'all feel free to – you can drag me this time next week. 
If Matt um, Stafford come out and throw three fifty, Odell Cup, uh, what's my other what's my other guy? Higby, they ball out. Cam Akers, like I want you to literally come in and say spells you don't know shit, verbatim. And I think Jimmy <laughs> T and them go win. I straight up, I do. I think you're probably right. And I just uh, went on to a betting site to see teams that have the best odds for Aaron Rodgers. And currently, Green Bay is still number one for odds. Denver's number two in a team we didn't bring up, which we should have. Pittsburgh Steelers are number three. That feels De- Broncos and Steelers. That, that that's probably where I would say the one and two. It had um, Sean Payton not retired. I would put the Saints in that that small group right there before I'd put the Niners or anybody like that up there. How much? So you would I, say I it's AFC North. So that's Steelers for you. That yeah. that's probably the one you hit. But that being said, Jimmy G gonna win this week. Right now, 49ers are three and a half point underdogs. Um your your predictions, we're gonna get out of here soon. Your predictions going into uh this weekend. Um man. I, I think I think it's Niners and Chiefs. I, I mean, I just anything could really happen, but it just feels like the most logistical or logical way that this is going to end up I just the Niners defense to go up to Lambeau and win a game like that it, it just means a lot I and mean, you know everybody's talking about how Jimmy G did and maybe the lack of offense there obviously the weather is going to be a component of that but their defense is just straight up nasty I just I honestly feel like they're probably going to win that game and then on the AFC side like if the Chiefs just beat the Bills in a game like that a game where they had every reason to lose multiple times I just can't see anybody stopping them I mean, you played sports before. You know how it is to come off of a high like that. It takes a while for you to kind of like drop down again. I like the Bengals. I don't think they covered the seven. I genuinely don't. Because once again, we saw how quickly Patrick Mahomes can score. The Bengals can't. That's just what it is, right? Like it can be uh, the Bengals. We actually saw this. If you go back three years ago when the Chiefs were playing the Texans and the Texans were up like 21 to seven and how quickly the Chiefs scored to take complete control of that game. So that's why I, I, I picked the Chiefs in that one. Um, 49ers, I think they're a better team. I, I genuinely do. Um, California love for the NFC Championship game. I, I was also reading today, I guess, uh, y'all so far, y'all people out there in LA is preventing tickets from being sold to people for oh, San Francisco, like area codes and their credit cards. That's disrespectful. Um. It was, but I think they, they somebody like ratted them out. That situation seems like it's already been fixed. I was surprised everybody's making a big deal about that because every team does it. I don't know to like, you know, what percentage or what magnitude, but that's kind of standard practice for a big game. What I thought more people would be up in arms about is the, the ticket prices for the love of God. Now y'all rich, bro. Y'all y'all bred it up out there. Y'all got uh, like a thousand dollars just for a nosebleed seat. That means I better that better come with chicken tenders, two beers, and an escort from Gloria Estefan or somebody needs to take me up the aisle to get to my seat. Like, this $1,000, brother? Like, for Uh, real. Of all the people, all the women you could think Gloria Estefan was the first one that came to mind. No, I was, Paula Abdul is who I was was trying to think of. I'm glad I thought of it now. Gloria Estefan's from Miami, so that didn't even make sense on the map. Paula Abdul is who I was really going for because she's kind of like the iconic 80s Laker girl, pop star, all that stuff. Yeah, but look, man, a thousand dollars ain't nothing, yo. Let's be honest. It's nothing to Silicon Valley in LA. Man, a thousand dollars is one night. But, but like, dinner, it doesn't even stuff. make any sense, though. Like, you and I both know this. Like, if there's any sport where it doesn't make sense to pay the money, it's football. 
you get a much better experience at home at a sports bar, whatever than you know, basketball. I get it. You want to sit courtside and spend that money. It, it's a different experience being on the court, but football, it just don't make no sense. Let me spend, let me keep that thousand, spend a hundred just on wings and I'm going to be a happy dude. Look, bro, the money that they spent has nothing to do for the games. It's to brag to the people at home that broke and couldn't come. That's what it is. Um, Hey, bro, we, we at the end of our time because it's what, what something your time? I know you got a busy day ahead. It's cold as brick here in New York, so I'm staying in the house. Um, Can I hit you with one breaking thing I just read as we're getting ready to get off this? News is all yours. Got it on your mind. Get it off your chest, my man. Report going out there right now that the Bucks offered AB $200,000 to admit himself into a mental, mental health institute. This is per AB. Sounds like he had mentioned that on um, NFL... Uh, Real Sports on HBO with Bryant Gumble. Oh, damn. I was actually about to clear that this up week. now. I'm about to yeah. clear that up now. All right. And you know yeah. what else? Speaking of Bucks, man, we might go long today. Grayson Allen, the way he hurt uh, oh, Russo yeah. with the Bulls with that flagrant foul. Wow. And wow. His history, obviously, at Duke with tripping players. Um, there is no room for that in the National Basketball Association. The fact that his team has still stuck up with him. That wasn't a situation of an enforcer like Charles Oakley in the mm-hmm. 90s going out and, you know, retaliating. That was some seriously – that was some serious bad boys type play right there. Bro, it was just whack. It wasn't even bad. Like, at least when they did it, like, they held their ground and they were ready to go. Grayson Allen, he did the same thing that Morris did. He thought it was cute, and then he sits there and laughs and, like, walks away kind of thing. Like, you won't convince me that Joker did anything wrong. Yeah, it's not good for the game. I'm glad he apologized. But somebody comes up and hits you like that, if they walk away and turn their back, they deserve to still get hit. Grayson Allen just needs to get his ass beat. I, I don't know if that. I'm the one that can administrate it, but if somebody in the league <laughs> would like to make that happen, I would love to just see one time on Sports Center him crying to his mom in the stands because he got bitch slapped on the court. Hey, you know what? They still got to play the Heat. You Dennis has them getting all the millions for something. He can always go yeah. and finish it off. Um, as always, thank y'all so much for listening to the show. If you like it, give us a like. But if you love it. Share it. Put your people on so they can put their people on. And next week, Brandon will not be able to sit here and say, I don't know shit about football because the 49ers is beating the Rams. We'll see y'all back next week. Peace.